Hi, and welcome to the Stupid Airplane Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Ben. And I'm Susie. And we're here to talk about stupid movies. Um, airplane movies. Airplane movies, specifically. Uh, so maybe some background before we get into this. Uh, I'm Ben. Uh, <clears throat> I, I'm a private pilot, although I haven't flown in a couple of years. But I grew up around airplanes and... Uh, you know, sort of was really into aviation as a kid uh, to the point where I fixated on it, and it was kind of my thing. Um, and Susie, Made model planes and everything. <laughs> all, all the things you do when you're a kid. <clears throat> uh, probably too far into adolescence and adulthood, <laughs> but, uh, you know, moving on. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't give a shit about planes at all. Yeah. So this is this is going to be fun. Uh, the premise of this podcast really is that we watch stupid airplane movies and talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, everybody talks about movies, mm-hmm. but Ben is going to help us talk about the accuracy of the depiction of the planes, and we can nerd out about some of those details in addition to... Talking about how bad the movie is. Uh, Talking about how the bad movie is Mm -hmm. in general. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe we'll watch good movies. We don't know. And you might have been uh, tipped off by the intro music. The first movie that we're going to talk about is the 1980s classic Top Gun, uh, starring Tom Cruise and what's her name? Kate something or other. Yeah. Kelly. No, Kelly McGinnis. Kelly McGinnis. I'll say it one more time. Kelly McGinnis. Um, she's awesome. She's great. Does a good job in the movie. But uh, all right, should we just dive right into it, or do we want to preface this anymore with anything? Well, can I uh, say that most people have seen Top Gun. Most people have seen Top Gun. But I actually had not ever sat down and watched the whole thing before. I think I had just like caught bits and pieces of it on TV. So this was my uh, first full viewing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in some ways surprised. We can go into that as we talk our way through the movie. Um, And my only other exposure to the Top Gun franchise was the Paramount's Kings Island Top Gun roller coaster, which was a big hit when I was six. And this is in Ohio, right? Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Hmm. Okay. Did the movie compare to the roller coaster? The roller coaster uh, had an extremely long line, which was lined with uh, Tom Cruise posters. Uh, A lot of hype. It was one of the roller coasters you had to wait for the longest amount of time for the park. And it was also the shortest roller coaster. And honestly, pretty underwhelming. There was no... There was no inversion in the coaster, <laughs> which you would think that there yeah, no, should be. No Polaroids of MiG-28s or anything. No inversion <laughs> at all, which is a, a key plot point that yeah, I'm sure totally. we will discuss. Okay, so let's jump into the movie here. Uh, the opening scene, um, honestly, is pretty awesome. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not like a military fetishist or anything like that, but... Um, it's this really cool scene of like uh, carrier deck operations. There's F4- oh yes, the whole montage of yeah. just showing the the regular operations of, yeah, of takeoff and landing, honestly, right? I think it's pretty awesome, and I remember this vividly as a kid watching this and like being sort of astounded uh, that people did this like every day. But and 
I like how it shows everybody, you know, that there's a lot of roles on the aircraft carrier. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people involved in the support of the operations of these planes. Yeah, you know, I mean, the vast majority of people are there in the support positions. Yeah, yeah there's hundreds of people living on these car- carriers and they all have like one tiny job and the one tiny process of uh, launching or landing or maintaining or whatever with these planes. Mm-hmm. And the physics involved there are fascinating. I mean, you get these like, you know, 30,000 pound airplanes going from zero to flight speed in like a second or two. It's, it's, really, it's amazing. The actually. landing is what really impresses me. They, they showed that a little bit in there. Um, you know, they literally just grab onto the deck with a tail hook. And yeah. <laughs> you you're just flying the airplane into an object essentially and, and stopping it, you know, in a few seconds, mm-hmm. um, with this tail hook, but yeah, so there's there's A6 intruders, uh, A7 Corsair twos, F14s on the flight deck, uh, just kind of a um, you know a sampling of 1980s uh, U.S. Navy. And aircraft. those are the planes that we would expect to see on yeah, a 1980s abso- aircraft carrier. Yeah, um, the A6 intruder is famously featured in a, a another uh, movie of the same time period called Flight of the Intruder, which maybe we'll get to. Uh, it was a, a childhood favorite of mine. It's I'm sure it's I haven't watched it since then. I'm sure it's terrible. So it fits it fits with this uh, the theme of the podcast here. Put it on the list. Um, yeah, and the A7 Corsair is also a pretty sweet airplane. Um, as, uh, while we're on the topic of airplanes, which we are, um, <laughs> <laughs> so the big the big opening scene is uh, Maverick and uh, well, what's the, the other guy? Not Goose. Uh, Goose is the Rio, obviously from Maverick, the backseat guy. Yeah, you should say what that is because I had no idea what uh, a Rio was even in the movie. They I didn't really explain things in the morning no. movie, um, which. I think was good because they didn't waste time in like technical exposition. For example, they used this intro montage to kind of introduce the concept of a tail hook, uh, which became important in the opening um, scenes, but they never actually explain what it is. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, I think Rio stands for Radio Intercept Officer. Mm-hmm. It's basically the guy that's controlling all the avionics on the airplane. In the back. In the back, Uh yeah, so the pilot flies the plane essentially in the, in the Rio, does all the, you know, looking for uh, enemy aircraft, um, probably doing a lot with the weapon system, uh, the aircraft. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of research on You know, them. they didn't show them really doing anything at all, not even weapon system stuff. Yeah, they probably didn't want to get into details about that. Um, yeah, but it sort of made me wonder during the movie, like, what are they, like, why? Well, what? To, to be fair, I, the Rios were always talking about where the enemy planes were. That's true. Which is their job. Um, a rear view mirror could have helped. <laughs> they used to have those in old planes. Uh, <laughs> Spitfire had a rear view mirror. Um, anyway, so uh, so Maverick and Goose and I, man, I this is a key plot point in the beginning at least because, but these other two guys, they're who they were flying wingmen for. Uh, Starts with the C. Was Merlin in Hollywood or no? No, Merlin was the other plane. Anyways, oh Cougar. Cougar, yeah, Cougar's the guy. So they're they're up and there is too many call signs. There's some bandits. There's uh, you know bandits in the area and they're they're too close to the carrier, and so uh, bad guys. The two F-14s are are going to intercept these bad guys. Bogies. Bogies. That's right. That's right. Bogies and the bogies turn out to be. MiG twenty eights, which dun, dun, dun. which is not a real airplane. Uh, in in the movie, they're F uh, fives uh, painted all black with uh, a uh, an insignia 
that is vaguely reminiscent of, uh, well, not vaguely, uh, very reminiscent of like Soviet aircraft of the red area. Star. There's a red star with a yellow circle around it, which isn't actually a nationality's insignia, as far as I'm aware. And you know everything is black, and their you know their helmets are black, and, you know, and their visors are black, and yeah. you can't see their faces. They're the bad guys. They're very, not even they're not scary. even human. They're like robots in there, you know. So, but uh, yeah, so uh, they have some fun with these guys and scare them off. Maverick gets missile lock on one, but then you know one of the bogies gets a missile lock on Cougar, and freaks him out. And, oh, Cougar's uh, freaked out. He's sweating. He's he's frozen. Yeah, he's frozen. he's on autopilot, if you will. This is a good time to point out how sweaty everybody is in these first few scenes man everybody's like sweating like crazy it's, it's not like just a, the first few th- scenes it's every it's, it's every like, scene in the entire movie it's a comedic amount of sweat on everybody <laughs> but anyway so cougar uh freaks out and they you know maverick goes back to land and cougar's like he can't land he can't do anything uh so maverick uh he's supposed to just land on the carrier but he does a touch and go um and goes back up to escort cougar back although if you if you pay attention you'll notice that um the aircraft taking back off the carrier has his tail hook down which if the tail hook were down he would landed, have... he would have stopped and not done a touch and go uh i'm i'm sorry to make you do this ben but uh you skipped the inversion that i was trying <laughs> to foreshadow yeah <laughs> go, go ahead and you can talk about the inversion susie uh well, the whole thing was that uh, when the when the bogey got the missile lock on Cougar, and Cougar was freaking out, uh, Maverick needed a way to scare him off that did not involve actually firing a gun. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so he he could have just gotten missile lock on that plane, and that would have spooked him and caused him to fly off. Maybe, but it could have also made him pull the trigger it's first. True. Right. It's true. Yeah, that's a good point. So he decided to freak him out. Um, which uh, I guess they were in a dive later. They explained that they were in a dive during this, but uh, in layman's terms, Maverick flew his plane upside down over the other guy's plane about a meter and a half apart. <laughs> Which I think that the tail fins on both of these aircraft would have collided if that were true. But, <laughs> but uh, it, it was still, they used some cinematography to show that they were indeed very close together and uh, makes visual contact flips him the bird and in the back seat the goose rio takes a polaroid and you know this is a this is a fancy move this is not something that you can easily physically or technically do uh freaks the mig out peels off goes home cougar is still shook which brings us back to where ben yeah exactly so and i it's important to point out here that i think one of somebody in the movie one of the f-14 guys comments uh, when when they see the bogeys, like uh, MiG twenty eight, no one's ever been this close before, um, and I think that that could be uh, what 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 airplane they're trying to portray here is a MiG twenty nine, um, which was a brand new Soviet plane in the mid eighties, and uh, was very much the equal, if not uh, superior to an F fourteen, which we can get into later. But um, so. So this discussion of oh this is this new airplane uh, you know that we're we're so close to like it's it's a very exotic thing, uh, yeah it's it's um, it's, a- it's accurate in that sense they don't call reflective it a, reflective of an actual concern yeah of the in time. the mid eighties exactly they don't I mean they don't call it a MiG twenty nine but they call it a MiG twenty eight which is one less than twenty nine <laughs> yeah about as close as you can get practically twenty nine um, okay wouldn't, so sorry wouldn't there have been if there were a real MiG twenty nine would 
that mean that there necessarily was a MiG-28 that preceded it? As far as I know, there was no MiG-28. Uh, MiG-24, or there was a MiG-23, and I believe a MiG-25, and maybe even a 27. Um, yeah, but, you know. But the Russians, they barely know how to count. <laughs> Is that what you're... Uh, I think the more prevalent ones were the were the 23, 25, and 31, besides the, the 29. And then you also had the, the 21, MiG-21, which is uh, prevalent in the Vietnam War area, era, uh, and the MiG-17. And then the MiG-15, which was the Korean War aircraft. And then you go back further to Second World War, and you had like, oh boy, MiG-3, MiG-1, you know, <laughs> smaller numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so... Uh, there's a funny thing that happens here I had to point out. So, like, Maverick does his touch and go and goes back out to help Kruger. And they're saying in the dialogue that, you know, you know, uh, the, I don't know if he's, like, the squadron commander or, like, the, the captain or something, but he's this guy. He's Strickland from Back to the Future, which is great to see. You know, sweaty Strickland. I don't know if this is before Back to the Future or not, but it's Strickland, uh, which is hilarious. It's the perfect role for him in this movie. He's, like, the stern, you know guy that chews everybody out but um so strickland is sweating you know crazy of course and uh he's like how far out are they how close are they and it's like 200 miles or something they're 200 miles out but if you're watching the movie Magriff, Ma- or maverick uh does this touch and go and then he's immediately back with cougar uh maybe like so he got like 100 miles in like a minute which it's not, and especially if he's really low on fuel, they're both really low on fuel. Anyway, uh, plot hole, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, boy. And then, uh, where do we go from here? So yeah, Cougar lands, does a terrible landing. He lands and then he just resigns. He's like, I'm done flying. Cause he was scared. He had his wife and kid. That's what he was right. freaking out about. He, he froze. Uh, he knew he was no good. Frozen. Can you just do that? I wonder. If you're in the Navy, can you just be like, I'm done? I was know? wondering about that. They invest a lot of money in your yeah. training, like a lot. And not a lot of people know how to fly, fly these super jets. I <laughs> yeah. don't know if you can like Especially he was supposed quit. to be the best. He was supposed to be better than Maverick. That's true. Can you really be like, yeah, this has been fun. I think, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to do something else now. I'm going to drive trucks or something. I don't know. As long as it's in the Navy, I'm sure he's got a contract. <laughs> okay, so... And then Strickland tells them that uh, they're going to Top Gun. You know, Kruger was the best, but now you're the best. Right. But he's mad at them. For being, <laughs> yeah. he, he's mad. And so the whole, spe- you know, the first thing that he comes back and talks to them about after this interaction with a MiG that no one has ever been close to before yeah. and like a nearly deadly, like high tension totally. interaction. And he ends, he ends that the scene with, We'll talk about the MiG later. Like, what? How is that not the first thing that you fucking talked about? Yeah, yeah. How come the? Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, really, it was like exposition dot text. The whole right. the whole speech the in whole... Strickland's office was like, I need to give you background about yeah. all the things that you've done wrong as a. And then he brings maverick. up he brings up his father, uh, which, man, we'll get into this later. I guess this is one of my biggest problems with this movie, is the whole father is thing. a poorly conceived. Uh, oh my! C-plot? It's so stupid. Um, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that's listening. So We are spoiling it. What? What? If I explain why I don't like... we can. I guess we'll get there. We're spoiling the entire movie. Okay. We are. Yeah. Listening to... Don't... If you haven't seen Top Gun, <laughs> turn this off. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's only what gonna are you get doing? Worse. Yeah. We're going to tell you everything about it. 
Especially the airplane. Okay, so they go to Top Gun, blah, blah, blah. They meet everybody. They're, they're pompous, you know. They're The music is ridiculous. Yeah, they're the best. By the way, the music is... Re- Kenny Loggins, man. Everybody is sweaty and homoerotic. Good job, Kenny Loggins. Wherever you are, you did a good job on the soundtrack. Uh, or at least the one song, uh, Highway to the Danger Zone. Well, it's a good song. She's giving me a look. I think it holds up. <laughs> okay. Um, so, let's see. The next airplane that shows up is an uh, is an A four Skyhawk, which they're using as an aggressor plane. Oh, so they're so we're at, we're in training. We're in training now. Uh, with you know, there's the whole scene on the bar. Do we, should we get into the bar scene? Oh God! I mean, I don't think we have time to talk about gender politics and planes. It's terrible. It's I'm sure really unsettling. Are, <laughs> one of several unsettling scenes. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure there are plenty of other podcasts and YouTube's or reviews that have explored the gender politics of Top Gun that would make plenty of discussion. We're yeah. going to stick to the planes. Okay, but basically, Tom Cruise is gross. Is extremely disgusting. Um, but it's okay because he's cute. Oh, P.S. Sorry. Back up. Tom Cruise, his front teeth are off center so that directly under his nose is one giant front tooth. And once you know this about him, you can never stop (laughs) looking at his teeth. And there are so many dreamy close-ups where he's like like doing that little Tom Cruise smile. Except so, yeah, there's a lot of tooth. There's a lot of, a lot of tooth. cruise tooth in this movie. <laughs> I just thought I'd point that out. So um, if we move on to the airplanes, uh, when they're talking about the aggressors, which are these A-4 Skyhawks, um, they mentioned that they're uh, smaller, faster, and more maneuverable than the F-14, just like the MiGs. Um, and that's sort of true. Uh, sort of. A MiG-29 is really the same size as an F-14 with uh, its but wings we're not swept. talking... MiG-29. Ben, we're talking a MiG-28, which is really just a black-painted F-5. So, F-5. But I think that they're trying to portray the MiG-28 as the MiG-29. Now, it's true that there are some MiGs that are smaller, faster, more maneuverable. Uh, MiG-21 stands out. but Is the F-5 smaller, faster, and more maneuverable? Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. Maybe not faster, though. The MiG-29 also I bet it's faster has about the same... paint on it. <laughs> MiG-29 has about the same top speed as the F-14. They're really very comparable. Uh, in a close-in dogfight, the MiG-29 is much more maneuverable, actually. So that that point is true. Um, so although, it's the size and speed that's the uh, yeah. the quibble? Anyway, so that's it's sort of true what they were saying. Another interesting fact... Uh, this I Actually, I was reading about this today, and I thought this was fascinating. Uh... The Top Gun School, this isn't mentioned in the movie at all, but the Top Gun School uh, was started with the help of a lot of uh, Royal Navy pilots um, because they had an equivalent school. And uh, as, as is mentioned in the movie... Um, the Royal Navy of uh, Great Britain? Great Britain, yeah. So uh, in the movie, they, they note this, that during uh, the Korean War, what the, the U.S. Uh, kill ratio was like 12 to 1. Uh, but in Vietnam, it, it uh, lowered to three to one, and it was mostly because uh, our pilots were relying on missiles. Um, in the Korean War, we didn't have missiles. It was all gunfighting, essentially, uh, which necessitated you know close-in combat and, and dogfighting skills. But um, once we got to Vietnam, the pilots were relying on missiles and had sort of forgotten how to fly their airplanes um, in ways that 
you know, you could get in close and do close combat. And, um, whereas maybe the, uh, the Vietnamese and or Soviet Chinese pilots who were flying these airplanes, uh, still had those skills or were taught that anyway. So Top Gun was started to retrain these pilots, the American pilots on how to do this. And, uh, a lot of the instructors from what I've read, uh, it was, I think the, the article was, uh, from the Telegraph, which is a, a British, uh, periodical online and probably in print as well. I'm not sure. I don't live there, but, um, yeah, that's, that was the source essentially that they were saying that it was, it was a lot of English pilots that, that started the school, helped to start the school and train. And, um, a lot of these guys, not in the sixties, but, but later, um, had some experience in the Falklands war, which interestingly, uh, one of the enemy aircraft or quote unquote enemy, well, enemy, if you're English, uh, was a four Skyhawks. So very interesting, very interesting to everybody. I'm sure, <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, man, there's a lot of terrible one-liners. It's just like all bad one-liners. So uh, having not watched the movie all the way through before, yeah. it was amazing to see how many like catchphrases that people used. Yeah in southern ohio growing up we're just we're just quotes top gun well quotes. not only southern ohio but uh the dayton, world dayton ohio which is you know well i guess they are uh they are plain fetishists yeah, in dayton, dayton ohio. ohio if anybody's going to be quoting top gun well into the 90s it is dayton ohio <laughs> yeah um man there's so many details i can get into though so one thing i thought was interesting and i I didn't look this you up. Wait, I'm so, you brought up the topic of one-liners, and then oh, you didn't sure. quote any of them. Okay. Uh, I feel the need, the need for speed. Uh, boy, you know. Uh, your ego's writing checks that your <laughs> body can't cash. Yeah. Uh, I wrote some of these down. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> uh, describing a bar as a target-rich environment. Uh... Pretty much anything that Tom Cruise says to Kelly McGinnis towards the beginning of the movie is just a terrible one-liner. Yep. How did they all become so good at volleyball? I was wondering. So I actually wrote down in my notes, why do they get to be the best at everything? <laughs> right? So like these guys, these are the, like the top two uh, jet fighters in the top 1% dog fighting school. And they also get to be the best at volleyball. There's not some like schmo who's like, oh, you know, I'm kind of a middling, like <laughs> average jet fighter, but God damn it, I'm the best at volleyball. No, these guys, these assholes get to be the best at that too. And that's just not fair. I, I noticed that only Goose is the, uh, Goose is the only one worried about skin cancer. <laughs> he had his shirt on and everybody else had his shirt off. Goose was the only good character in the entire movie. Yeah, that's true, man. He Goose. was great. R.I.P. Um, By the way, so I didn't know that he died Yeah. in the movie because I had never actually watched it. And I, I was I was stunned. I was stunned. It seemed Did too it take ridiculous your breath away? of a movie <laughs> to actually <laughs> kill <laughs> someone. <laughs> and, Sorry. And it was a bummer. <laughs> That that movie, that song is great. Berlin, take my breath away. God, it just kept really, going. Yeah, through that whole movie. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Hmm, hmm. Oh, planes. Yeah, planes. Uh, 
boy, yeah, a lot to talk about. Um, you, you were were there more, like, were any of the training scenarios interesting? Uh, interesting. No, there was one thing that that uh, Tom Cruise did. Uh, he did this a couple times in the movie where, uh, you know, he had a bad guy on his tail, and he's like, "I'm just gonna hit the brakes, and he's gonna fly right by me." And it happened once. Uh, twice. It twice. happened at the end too. Um, oh, I I didn't miss it. I, yeah. I saw it at the end. I didn't okay. see it in the middle. He did this at, towards the beginning. Uh, I think in the first uh, one of the first uh, scenes with uh, the the aggressor breaks. pilots. Well, that's the thing. Like what? So and it he it shows his F fourteen uh, essentially pulling yeah pulling up really quickly. Um. And uh, like, in the cockpit, he's like. You know, he throws one uh, one set of throttles way back and something else way forward. Um, so I don't know if he, like, completely, like, kills power to his engine and, like, uh, and climbs. Uh, and I guess if you're very close, like, if the other guy's right on you and you do that, uh, he would perhaps go by you. And they are moving at you. hundreds of miles an hour, right? So yeah. these, these are... yeah things it's it's possible uh but unlikely unlike i mean depending on how close you are like i don't have you ever been to top gun ben do you know <laughs> no, what moves they teach <laughs> no i've never done anything more uh more exciting than a, something called a chandelle uh, oh what's that ben <laughs> well it's french <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to show me later yeah um boy yeah. Uh, anyway, so man, and they keep mentioning his father throughout this this thing about, you know, his father's bad reputation in the navy. But he was the best, but also the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and like, first of all, how does everybody in the navy know about this guy's father? Um, boy, it's classified. It comes up later. Yeah. I mean, the navy. It's a big organization. A lot of things happen in in war. Like his dad was in the you know disappeared in the Vietnam War. It's so he disappeared. Like so, what? Like oh man, it it, it bothered this me. This guy is so hung up on his dad. <laughs> but like everybody knows about it. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, uh, Kelly McGinnis has an awesome little Porsche 911. It's the cutest little car. It's amazing. Um, it's not a plane though. It's not a plane. I just want to point that out. Um, the uh, the sex scene is ridiculous, and it's everything is blue, like that entire scene like the color blue is just like everything yeah ben haven't it's you everywhere. ever had sex no i mean uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yes um <laughs> uh there's a there's a point i think he uh tom cruise has a picture of his dad he and his dad and it's front of an a4 skyhawk but he mentions that his dad flew f4s what the heck what's going on <laughs> well i mean just because he flew F-4s doesn't mean that he wouldn't go down to the airplane strip and take a picture in front of the A-4. That's true. That's true. Okay. So Come on, Ben. Cut him up. Cut him some slack. It's cut true. Cut him some slack. All he right. got lost in Vietnam. Yeah. That's true. Um, missing. Missing. Classified. Classified. Uh, so let's move on to the the very sad scene of the movie um, where, where Goose dies. So first... Can we talk about the uh, incident that leads to them having to eject? Sure. Like what, how it happened? Yeah. So uh, you have Iceman, Val, Iceman Kilmer. Val Kilmer, which like, wow, what a difference 
<laughs> what do you what do you mean between the past and the present oh yeah like i i i knew that val kilmer was in the movie and it probably took me 20 minutes before i was like oh that's val kilmer yeah yikes <laughs> yeah he was younger then there was he it was different yeah um Anyway, so Iceman is right on the tail of the uh, uh, training plane that they're trying to fight. Yep, one of the aggressors. One of the aggressors. uh, He's trying to get a lock on it, but he just can't. He needs a little bit more time. And it seems like they're in some kind of tight curve. Like, there's some urgency for them to pull away or exit this situation. Uh, And Iceman keeps saying, like, 20 more seconds, 10 more seconds, just a little longer, just a little longer, I can take the shot. So it seems like... They're in a difficult maneuver mm-hmm. that they should be exiting, and Iceman is is asking them to stay in it. And of course, Tom Cruise isn't going to leave. He's learned not to leave, leave your wingman. Don't yeah. leave your wingman. So he's going to stay, but he's also saying like, "Dude, I'm lined up for the shot, except that you're yeah. in the way." And they're very close to each other at this. Get point. out of the way! Everybody's tightly, um, tightly jammed together. It looked like from how they were portraying themselves in the cockpit, like maybe they were in some sort of high G turn mm-hmm. or something. Could, could be, yeah. Um, they were like all leaning and like cramped up to the side or something. I don't know. Um, they didn't explain. They don't explain anything in the movie. Uh, and then finally, whatever, he takes his shot or gives up or whatever. And as they're exiting that maneuver, uh, Tom Cruise's plane gets caught in the jet wash Mm -hmm. and goes into a flat spin. That's right. Explain. Okay. So when I watched this uh, most recently this time, uh, I was sort of scratching my head. It's like, is this, you know, could, would an F-14 like flame out, would one of their engines flame out that quickly in in this kind of situation? Like, you know, these planes are designed to fly in formation, get close to each other, uh, so I did a little bit of research, and it, it turns out, uh, yeah, the early F-14s uh, notoriously had this problem where um, if uh, airflow to the, the engines were, was disrupted, it would cause a flame-out. And, uh, and so if you, if you lost one engine to a flame-out, it would uh, cause a lot of yaw in the air, aircraft, right? Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden you have a lot of thrust from one side of the airplane, and it would cause the airplane to essentially get, get pushed as if you were, had a really strong you know, rudder like all the way going and uh so it would cause it would put the plane into this like into the spin and once you've disrupted the airflow to the second engine because you're in a spin that flames out as well so you're sort of stuck in this flat spin that sounds like a bad situation it's a bad situation and actually um the producers of the movie wanted there to be a mid-air collision but uh the uh consultants that were there said no actually it's much more likely that this would happen uh in this situation and this is something that's ha- that's happened and um, and so they they went with that, which is uh, I was I was actually kind of surprised to read that uh, that this was a a scenario that um, you know is not actually that unlikely. Uh, and then the next thing that happens, of course, is they they eject. So it, when they're ejecting, it seems like it's really hard. At one point, they can't actually. Tom Cruise is not able to reach the ejection lever or whatever it is that he mm-hmm. needs to. He's relying on Goose to do it. Goose can barely reach it. Yeah. Goose is actually the one who pulls it, mm-hmm. um, which I guess ejects both of them. It does, yeah. Uh, sure. Great. And uh, so Goose is the lifesaver in that 
respect. But in a flat spin, would would they be subjected to g-forces that made it hard for them to reach things? That seemed to be my uh, interpretation. I think you probably there. get. I would think you'd get pushed up into one side. Okay. Because I mean, you're you're falling essentially and spinning, so mm -hmm. you're pushed to one side of the airplane, the opposite side of the direction you're spinning in, mm -hmm. and you're probably also pushed up to the top of the canopy since mm -hmm. you're falling. So they portrayed it as as though they were like pushed down a little bit, and they were like grasping at the at the ejector handle at the top towards the top of the canopy. So maybe that wasn't portrayed very well. Um, but the way the way Goose dies essentially is his his ejector seat. Uh, shoots off into the canopy um and you know he probably has some terrible head injury they showed him yeah having bleeding. a head injury yeah so it was because the canopy was still on it, it had it had been jettisoned but uh because the plane was in a flat spin it wasn't moving forward mm -hmm. or the forward velocity was was much lower than it should have been mm -hmm. the the canopy didn't uh didn't clear the airplane essentially. so did they actually show that did they actually they did show, show that him? yeah I, they did show that i was not able to observe mm -hmm. that and then and it's interesting because that's uh, reading more about it. The uh, the way it's timed out, uh, the the Rio uh, is ejected first mm. in the F-14. So that's that's also accurate. That um, in that situation, it'd be more likely that the Rio would be would be killed. In fact, you know, I I'm not sure how much I believe this, but I I read an account that this actually happened, and this is sort of based on a real event. Uh, it was it was in a forum, and then some other people maybe discredited it, but. Um, I'm not sure. So it's it's possible that there was a real incident where where uh, Rio was killed uh, in like an this. ejection mm -hmm. scenario. Yeah, he hit the canopy. Um. So, parachutes deploy for both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do those deploy automatically? Uh, yeah. Goose wouldn't have needed to. Yeah, exactly. Pull a string it's all or anything. Sort of automated. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a pretty terrible scene. Everybody liked Goose. Everybody liked Goose. He was the only good character. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of the humanizing point for, for, uh, Tom Cruise's character, Pete Mitchell. Pete Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had been a little too big for his britches before then. And this is the, this is the cold splash of water. Yeah. Of reality mm -hmm. hitting him in the face. Right. And then Pete Mitchell, you know, he's like. He can't. He can't engage anymore. He can't. Uh, well, he's. It, so this is where the. This is like the folding point uh, in the Rorschach ink blot that is the movie, right? Because mm -hmm. at this point, this is when scenes start to become parallel, and each scene after this half of the movie has a previous scene that it is referring back to, which really? I thought was interesting. I don't so think I like, noticed that. it starts pretty immediately. I think you did, but maybe you didn't think of it this way. Um, I try not to think about things. <laughs> you know, he's he's holding on to Goose in the ocean. Yeah. And the um, rescue diver says you have to let go of him, like, in a physical, like, yeah. you need to let go of him so I can put him in the helicopter kind of way. Right. Um, and then almost the very next scene is uh, his commander meeting him in the bathroom where Tom Cruise is wearing nothing but tidy whities <laughs> And sort of leaned over too, yeah. <laughs> leaned over in despair, yeah, uh, and telling him he needs to let go, yeah, of Goose. And again, that uh, let go imagery is used again, but that's not the you know there are lots of other scenes 
um, that are echoes of previous scenes. The the whole uh, oh maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. You want to talk through it, but I'll point them out as we sure. go along. Yeah, and then um, you know Iceman is like, hey, I'm sorry about Goose. Everybody liked him and mm-hmm. seems sincere. And then uh, and then it immediately cuts to Wolfman, who I like. Was he even in the movie before this? Uh, <laughs> he, well, calling he was mentioned once or twice. The girlfriend to say that. I don't know if he was calling the girlfriend. I don't know if that was clear. Well, the girlfriend immediately showed up at the bar. So yeah. this is yeah. the point where, like, the cutting and the pacing of the movie, like, makes no sense. Like, starting here, right? So he, Wolfman, makes a phone call to somebody saying that Maverick just quit. But like. All he did was stand there silently as uh, Iceman said sorry, so maybe he quit, well, like... the sort of the... I think the tip-off was that he was in his, like, uh, civilian clothes, and he had a big bag with him, and he was cleaning out his locker. Oh. <sighs> yeah, it's kind of subtle, yeah. I guess I'm not good with subtle. That's okay. You know, because they, they do so many locker room scenes, like, after these engagements that I guess I just... Yeah, but they're usually like in their uniforms or something, or like or naked. Na- naked. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're All wearing right. blue jeans, something's wrong. I guess I didn't pick up on that. Uh, Thank you for explaining yeah. the movie to me. So he calls somebody, and then the next thing you know, girlfriend's meeting him in the bar, yeah. saying, "You weren't gonna say goodbye." And yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. What are you doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she tries to to do a pep talk, and he's just like, "Mer, I'm." And I'm, then she calls him. And then she calls him a quitter. Yeah, he's totally a quitter. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was really confusing is like, I guess he was just inspired enough about that pep talk to go talk to the commanding officer, talk to the commanding officer and the commanding officer's like, you already have enough points to graduate. I mean, you could quit or just show up to graduation. Yeah. Which also seems like, which is apparently the next day. Yeah. (laughs) And like, why are you like, you don't have to quit, dude. You don't have to do anything else. Yeah. What are you even quitting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, and then it's like, oh, will he show up to graduation? And then he's not there, and I guess he misses the ceremony, but then he shows up, but he still graduated, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, what What were they even... I don't know. One thing I want to point out here, this is, like, this is definitely the point to bring this up and talk about this, but they have the conversation oh, about the, his about father, the dad. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is maybe what re- inspires him to like to graduate and, and keep going <laughs> because he already has all the okay. points to graduate. So but. why, 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 why would some F4 going down on the wrong side of the lines when everybody involved knew that like the guy risked his life to save his friends? Why? would that person then have like a terrible reputation throughout the entire Navy? No, he didn't have a terrible reputation. He had a classified reputation. But everyone's like, you know, with your reputation like your father's, you know, you should, with a name like your, you know. No, they weren't saying he had a bad reputation. They were saying that he was a great pilot and that he, this guy was on, constantly trying to prove himself to live up to his father. Is that, is that really? Yeah. He I, was always competing with his father's ghost. That was the whole theme of the movie. You know, because his dad was so great. But they were also like saying it with reservation because like his father was also a maverick with those rule-breaking tendencies, which is probably also how he ended up on the wrong side of the line yeah. to save his friends, right? So I like guess so. that's where the ambivalence came from. Not that he was this terrible guy. And they factually actually said he was a good guy. The commander is like, oh, I knew yeah, his father. He was, was a, a good, good guy. guy, right? Exactly. Right. So like. He was a great pilot. But then why did why did uh, Pete Mitchell get the impression that like his dad messed up somehow and he was like Because to... it was classified and he's an idiot. 
Okay. I, no one will tell me how my dad died, and if he was a hero, someone would have told said something. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, how yeah. does the whole Navy know about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's. Just, I mean, he was just one F four pilot that you know that disappeared in Vietnam. Yeah, but here's the thing. So he was uh, a Top Gun. Was he? Is that was? That I think clear? they implied that he was. Okay. Um, and it seems like Mitchell has been in some ways coasting or referencing or mentioning his dad like yeah. maybe everybody he flies with knows about his dad because he won't shut the fuck up about his dad <laughs> and that then could be, yeah, that in could be. when he goes to top gun the only other guy who knows about it is the commander who yeah. flew with him which right. makes okay. sense okay so within his fear like his girlfriend didn't know but he just he was surprised when his girlfriend actually didn't know, know about, about his him. dad which is hilarious oh, like man, yeah. oh you haven't heard of my dad and she's like God. no why would i maybe you know maybe the writing is actually like brilliant like they they got this character down so well you know, this like pompous idiot, essentially, that's Pete Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not that bad of a movie after all. <laughs> um, anyway, so he graduates with his class. And because why not? But before they can even leave graduation. Yeah, before they can even drink too much or whatever, you know, whatever the guy says. Uh, there's a situation and uh, they're shipped to the Indian Ocean. Where they started. Where they started. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, because... But there is some uh, some ship that needs uh, direct cover or something. Something is happening. There's some kind of rescue going on. Yeah, I think the ship got got wounded in the wrong uh, wrong side of the lines, and right. it needs to be escorted out. So they need air cover. But especially because the bad guys have these special ship sinking the missiles. The Exocet missile, which uh, was made famous in the Falklands War. It's a French uh, anti-ship missile um, that was used to great effect by the artillery. Argentinian Air Force to sink a couple uh, um, uh, Royal Navy yeah. vessels. And, and we talked a little bit before the podcast that, like, how likely is it that the Russians would have ex- French Exocet missiles? Maybe not very likely, but in the shadowy world of arms yeah. trade. It actually, tur- uh. I did some research on this. It turns out that um, it's not that unlikely, ah, actually. Great. Um, so, so there you go. Um, so that's a, a real threat. And I think it's something like 100 mile. I mean, uh, if it if, was a plot point, the radius yeah. was a was so, a, was a um, plot point because they had to get rid of the MIG threat before they were in range within to like a hundred miles, which is the ship. Yeah, which is uh, a formidable weapon, and and uh, apparently a hundred miles is nothing because as we saw in the beginning of the movie, <laughs> you can get there in a, like you can get five there in seconds, like five yeah. seconds. Yeah, um, yeah, and that that's one of the what was one of the really devastating things about the um, Exocet missile that uh, f- the uh, Argentinian Super Aitendard aircraft um you know they had to they could only i mean they could get 100 miles from from the ship and launch this missile and they'd be on the ground essentially uh when it hit the ships or you know on the way home and no one ever knew that they were there so it was kind of a scary scary weapon and it really shook up the the royal navy when it happened uh, because they kind of thought the falklands war was going to be this this cakewalk you know just go grab their island back um so yeah that's so when this movie came out, when Top Gun came out, that was fresh in everybody's memory. You know, that was uh, that was a aviation aficionado or military aviation aficionado. So, you know, it made it seem like a, a very real threat, uh, a very likely threat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, once again, we have uh, bogies, which are are all black F fives and the ambiguous markings. And they think there's two of them, and then it turns out that there's five, five of them. Yeah. So that's that's a sticky situation. Um, Iceman and Merlin get sent out. Yep. But or Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Hollywood gets 
shot down. Mm -hmm. They eject. They send out a rescue helicopter. um, And they send up Maverick. Yeah. To assist Iceman. But then, like, the catapult Convenient break. <laughs> plot twist the catapult breaks. So it's only Maverick and yeah. Iceman fighting. But then they say the catapults will be back and ready in 10 minutes. I wonder what could break on a catapult that could be fixed in 10 minutes. And then, you know, the I think the commander in the situation makes a really good point. Like, this dogfight's going to be over in, in two, two minutes. minutes yeah. so. so, another interesting thing here the F 14 is not a dogfighter. It was not designed to be a dogfighter, it was an intercept aircraft. But they just really wanted to make a dogfighting movie? Well, I mean, the, the whole point, uh, one, you know, one of the main design um, criteria of a F 14 was to be able to shoot down airplanes at a distance. Mm-hmm. And they, they had a specialized weapon for that, this Phoenix missile. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially you could be like, I, I wish I had done this more research. but <laughs> Far away. Far away, 50, 75 miles away. Uh, get radar lock on an aircraft, fire this Phoenix missile, and you would, you would never be in danger, essentially. And you could shoot down um, the enemy. But in reality, uh, I think a, um, U.S. Navy pilots or Marine pilots fired... Uh, these um, Phoenix missiles twice ever, and they both missed. Uh, and this was a huge program, like million-dollar missiles, each one of them. And it was kind of a, a flop uh, within our sphere, although uh, in the late 70s, um, Iran bought several, uh, maybe the mid-70s, bought uh, a bunch of F-14s with uh, with Phoenix missiles, and they actually... Uh, depending on who you believe, uh, had quite a bit of success against uh, the Iraqis um, using these Phoenix missiles. So, um, yeah, just an interesting point that in, in the movie, all we see is this close-up dogfighting, when in reality... The but F-4- it's, with, it's with missiles, though. It's dogfighting with missiles. with missiles. Although the the MiGs use guns a lot, uh, and they talk about switching to guns sometimes. And, and they did, but I think all of the training and most of the MiGs that they shot down were missiles. Yeah. And this would have been with the close-in, like, uh, Sidewinder or Sparrow missiles. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, w- once again, I think I mentioned this earlier, um, the F-14 is not a not a very good dogfighter, and if if these aircraft are uh, the MiG-28s that, you know, are, are actually supposed to be MiG-29s, uh, pretty much in any, any situation, if the pilots are equal, the MiG-29 is going to have a huge advantage. Well, good thing we had Maverick behind <laughs> yeah, the throttle. Exactly. I mean, and that's and, and in that sense, it's sort of real because these are supposed to be the best pilots in the Navy. Um, so if you have your best pilots uh, versus some average, um, you know, guys in Russian the big 29. Ruski. Yeah. Then then maybe. Although, to be fair, I I feel like any any Russian pilot at that time flying a MiG-29 mm-hmm. was probably going ex- to be a very good pilot. Yes. Um, yes. So it was probably... Probably in the MiG-29's favor, or the MiG-28's favor in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were five of them. Yeah, and all in all these situations where, where they encounter these planes. And that's why it was such a scary scene, and that's mm-hmm. why, in an echo of the beginning of the movie, now it's Tom Cruise who is shaken. Yeah, because they, they get caught, very in a, sweaty. caught in a jet wash, and, you know... Um, it's ha- it is happening again. It is happening again. <laughs> Um, let's see. So any, any more comments on the, on the, on the dogfighting? Yeah. Like the actual things that happened in that uh-huh. scene? So, uh, at one point, Iceman is hit. He's hit a couple times. They actually make a point of showing his fuel tank getting shot, and they actually show fuel coming out mm. of the plane. Okay. And then they never came back to Well, he that. did, sh- he shut up, he shut down his right engine. Yeah. Uh, which, 
I'm not sure how difficult an F-14 would be to fly in a, in a dogfight on one engine. Probably, I would imagine, very difficult. Uh, but again, he's a very good pilot. So, mm-hmm. um, I just thought it was funny that they made a point of showing that his fuel tank got did they? shot. I, didn't, I guess I didn't see that. And I, I, thought, I thought I saw that. And yet, uh, they didn't follow up on that as being an issue. <laughs> so, mm. one, one thing I, I noticed, uh, an inaccuracy, because um, that's what we're here for, mm-hmm. is uh, none of these MiGs were carrying Exocet missiles. An Exocet missile is like a big, big honking thing, and it would have been very obvious on these like small little little planes, these little F-5s. So, um, anyway, the the whole point that they were up there to protect them from these Exocet missiles. Well, it was only rumored that they had Exocet yeah, missiles. That's true. I mean, How maybe it was a, they know? a bluff. Could be. Maybe they were only intending on uh, scaring the ship. A show of force. A show of force. Mm-hmm. Um, until they shot down, they were the aggressors. They shot down. Um, yeah, they shot down Hollywood, Hollywood mm-hmm. first. Yep. And for some reason. For some reason, because uh, they they're there. the bad guys. <laughs> and then you know Maverick and Iceman, or I think mostly Maverick, uh, proceed to shoot down a lot of the bad guys. Yeah, I'm, yeah, mostly Maverick. I think Iceman got one. And there's uh, this one famous shot where one of the planes blows up that was used in a in a recent. Uh, Chinese missile test that was on uh, CCTV, the Chinese uh, state television. They were like, look at what we blew up. And then <laughs> yeah. they used footage from Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this this was on state TV. They showed this this scene uh, of a missile test, you know, and it blowing up <laughs> uh, an aggressor MiG- or F-5, whatever, from Top Gun. And that was pawned off by the Chinese uh, state media as um, a real thing, which the internet quickly got a hold of and made fun of. And I think actually um, I may have read that the Chinese internet blocked any uh, use of the search term Top Gun after that (laughs) as well because too many Uh, people were... Embarrassing, yeah, for them, I'm sure. Yeah, looking for that. So anyways, they they shoot down the bad guys except for a couple that bug out and come home and Except for one. So they shot down four. Yeah. And then they said the rest of the MiGs have left. And it shows two of them flying away. And it shows two flying away. So I was just, I was... Yeah, the numbers don't add up. There were five and then there were six. But, um... So they land and then it's like it's like the end of Star Wars. Everybody's cheering and the whole flight deck is crowded with people and... And and it's it's wonderful and, and, uh... Ewoks start playing their drums. <laughs> yep, and the ghost of Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, Goose, Goose, you know, are are there nodding, nodding. Um, and then uh, Maverick says that uh, he chooses to be an instructor. So before he does that, yeah, before he does that, let's Strictly, talk about yes. the dog tags, oh, right? Okay. Oh yeah. So yeah. so in the in the plane when uh, Cruz is having his freak out and it looks like he might um, disengage and yeah. sort of leave Iceman to die. Uh, he's he's clutching uh, Goose's dog tags in the same way that in the beginning of the movie, Cougar was was fixated on his uh, wife and son's picture. Oh, yeah. Um, and when after he lands, he has a scene alone over the side of the ship. He's all yeah. being contemplative, and he's like he's like uh, talk to me, Goose, talk to me. Right, right, you know? right. And and so at the end of the movie, or at the after he successfully wins and, and the Ewoks celebrate. Uh, <laughs> Those guys all had jobs too. Like the catapults were broken. Come on. Right. <laughs> Fix the catapult. No time to be cheering. Um, <laughs> he throws Goose's dog tags into the ocean. Yeah. Which is like, wait a second, you asshole. Like, 
sure you're symbolically letting go of Goose like yeah. you needed to do or whatever to be a fighter pilot, which we'll come back to. Yeah. But uh, like, I'm sure his wife or infant son would like to have those dog tags. Yeah. Uh, didn't you put those in the box of effects that you gave to his wife? Like, why did you throw those in the ocean? Why? Once again, Pete, uh, what's his name? Pete, Mitchell. Pete Mitchell. Maybe not the best human being. A very, very complex and uh, stupid. stupid, mostly guy. But he's a good pilot, so, you know. Right. That's what so matters. then he <laughs> makes a decision, to, to go back to what you're saying. Yeah, so uh, Strickland comes back in, and he's like... You could go anywhere in the world. Yeah, which, you're again, doesn't make sense. Best but fighter pilot. Everybody's talking I'm about I'm pretty sure, you. like, he has orders. Like, he would just have to, yeah, like... Yeah, you're in the Navy, dude. They just invested all this time in him to, you know, they trained get him. this training. They let him come back, even though it looked like he might be a washout after yeah. the whole goose incident. And then uh, and then he's like, well, I'm just going to become an instructor. And so... Which, by the way, hold on. Can we back this up real quick? I was going to back it up real okay. quick. Okay, I, I might be backing it up further. If I was the commanding officer of this, like, class of Top Gun people and, like, um, and, like, there was an incident, I would not have sent Maverick. Well, I think they tried to show that, right? Like, why would you gamble like that? He, he, he knew that Maverick was the second best after Iceman. Yeah. Uh, and he had faith in him. He kept on trying to send him up. Yeah. And he just, I think it, it was meant to show, like, Iceman didn't have faith. I mean, Iceman tried to talk to the commander. Yeah, to be like, hey, man, I'm worried about this. And yeah. the and the commander was like, yeah, I know what you're going to say. I don't care. I'm put it, sending him up. Yeah. So, like, obviously these guys had faith in him. And I think that was purposeful to illustrate that. But as far as the whole instructor thing, so at the beginning of the movie when they're, like, saying, you know, the Top Gun trophy, uh, part of the prize was that you could get to come back as an instructor, yeah. which seems like a weird prize. But that was explicitly only for the winner of the Top Gun yeah, trophy, yeah, yeah. which Maverick was, was not. definitely yeah. not. Second of all, like, w- yeah, why would the Navy just let him choose to do right, that? Exactly. And then, who would who would want an instructor that like just graduated and right? also like had a couple incidents, like yeah. just graduated and just had like some incidents and like yeah, totally. he hasn't really had a chance to kind of prove himself except for this amazing thing. But even then he almost failed. Like, right, exactly. Like, uh, you know, yeah. maybe like do your job for a little while. Yeah. Dude. Maybe like, yeah, five years, something, get some experience. Right. And like the whole thing with goose, like I'm going to let go of goose and be a fighter pilot. Like Meg Ryan was telling him like <laughs> goose would want you to fly. Meg Ryan. Uh, Kelly McGinnis. No, I'm talking about Meg Ryan. Oh, who's Meg Ryan? Oh, Goose's yeah. wife. That was Meg Ryan? Yeah. Wow. It was obviously Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan tells Tom Cruise Goose would want you to fly. Yeah. Like, I assume to, like, be a fire pilot, fire pilot and protect the world from the Russians, which he's obviously good at. Uh, and so instead he goes back to be an instructor? Yeah. Like, all right, whatever, dude. Yep, and that's the whole movie, really. Uh, oh, except that also his girlfriend quits her sweet job in Washington that she just got yeah. to go back and be with him to do, I don't know, at, at flight clear. instructor school. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe she was just back for Maybe a Maybe she was just back to, yeah. 
you know, get laid by this dude who was just in the newspapers for shooting down the Ruskies. Yeah. Would you be in the newspaper for that? Would uh, that be classified? That, no. It, uh, the the com- Strickland's line was, you're in all the newspapers in all oh, languages yeah. around the world or something <laughs> like that. I love Strickland as like the grumpy commander. He's <laughs> perfect. He's so good. Um, I wish I knew his the actor's name. No way to know that. Um, impossible to impossible. know. Impossible. So that's the movie. Uh, and we need to we need to assess. We need to rate this movie. Somehow. All right. I think we should rate it on two factors. Yeah. Um, from the most pedantic, uh, how accurate was the portrayal of the airplanes and flight mechanics? Yeah. Uh, so in that aspect, I think it was surprisingly good for a Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, obviously they were inspired by real events. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the only the only real qualm that I had with it is that. In all these situations, the F-14s chose to get into this, like, close-in dogfighting, which uh, would put them at a huge disadvantage. Uh, so they would have they been much more, much better off, like, keeping their distance and using uh, their, their uh, much more sophisticated radar and uh, Phoenix missiles to, to win these, these uh, conflicts, as opposed to getting in real close and dogfighting. But again, it's Top Gun. It's about getting in close and like doing all this like fancy flying stuff, right? So maybe you give that a pass. So on a scale of one to five, accuracy was uh, that man. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to give it a five. Uh, four. You can give it a four and I'll a half. Give it a four and a half. Yeah. All right. All right. But what about like? cool factor i mean like oh, the yeah. point of these movies is like wow look at those jets that's I mean, so bad it's like it's basically a big ad for the navy the whole thing mm-hmm. right uh yeah it's it's iconic for a reason like oh that's why the volleyball scene was in there <laughs> what do you mean it's an ad for the navy <laughs> oh yeah that's a good point i didn't think about that um sorry guys that's okay uh, cool factor i think it's also rates pretty high uh, I think it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> the movie got a roller coaster named after. Yeah, it. you know, I, I mean, Tom Cruise is is who he is, right? You can't change that. Um, and there's all these creepy scenes with him uh, early on in the movie where he's trying to. I mean, uh, the whole romance, the whole romance plot. Let's just yeah. let's just pretend we're here about the planes. We're here about the planes. We're and here the, about the planes. The plane stuff was pretty cool. I think. Uh, it, I thought it was cool as a, as a kid, and I'd be lying if I think if I had said that it wasn't cool now. How many G's? How many G's did it pull for you? <laughs> Out of five. Out of five G's. Ah oh, man, again, I don't want to give it the top rating because we got to save that for like. Come on, man! It's Top Gun. I know it's yeah, it's it's a good one. Four and a half G's. Uh, no, it's five G's. Five we G's. It, we give it the four. Five, five out of five G's. G's. Yeah, I can't believe I did that, man. Okay. <laughs> now throw those dog tags into <laughs> yeah, the ocean. Yeah. This podcast Let it go. Let is it go. done. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, see you next time.